You are tuned to CICK News on 93.9 FM in Smithers, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. CICK News is your news source for regional and provincial news with a local perspective. It's hosted by Dan Messick and myself, Pamela Hassan. Find and follow CICK News online at smithersradio.com and frequencynews.ca or wherever you get your podcasts. CICK News is funded by the Community Radio Fund of Canada and the Government of Canada. In a push to tackle online abuse, the Liberal government has introduced new legislation, the Online Harms Act, which proposes stricter sentences, new regulatory bodies, and changes to existing laws. The Act claims to police seven categories of harmful content online, including content used to bully children, hate speech, and non-consensual sexual content. The government plans to establish a five-member Digital Safety Commission to enforce the new rules with the power to order the removal of certain online content. A Digital Safety Ombudsperson will also be appointed to support victims and guide social media companies. The legislation imposes new responsibilities on online platforms, including the removal of certain content within 24 hours of a complaint being filed, and companies that fail to comply could face fines of up to $10 million or 6% of their global revenues. The Act has received mixed reactions, with some praising its potential to reduce online harm and others expressing concerns about censorship and bureaucracy. The Conservatives have voiced opposition to what they consider a bureaucratic approach to criminal matters. Despite the controversy, survivals of online abuse have expressed hope that the bill could help address the proliferation of harmful content. I'm speaking to Jackson Grice. He's the principal at Houston Secondary about the prevalence of cell phones in school and what he thinks Bill C-63 will mean for his students. I'm also speaking to Principal Grice about the move to enhance children's safety and reduce digital distractions in school by Premier David Eby in January, who made an announcement about new measures to restrict the use of cell phones in schools across the province. Principal Grice shared his own concerns about policies without supports. Good morning, my name is Jackson Grace, principal at Houston Secondary School. Principal Grice, how invasive or distracting would you say cell phones are in your school currently? I would say in our school currently, it would really depend on the child or the student. I would definitely say there are students that struggle immensely with cell phone usage in terms of it being a huge distraction to their learning. Um, There's other students who it's not such a problem. I would say overall, though, if if you look at pure student focus and engagement, I would say cell phones um, are a distracting thing that does hamper learning. And do you think that restricting phone use will be a lengthy transition or smooth transition? We're looking at September of 2024 to enact this new rule. Well, you know, I think when we heard this announced, um, I'm interested to see what are the parameters around this rule, because individual schools have their own um, kind of rules, regulations and policies around cell phone usage. And here at Houston Secondary School, this fall for the first day of school we enacted a cell phone rule that effectively banned using cell phones during bell times in classes Mm -hmm. so we've already kind of test run this a little bit and seen what it can do and you know i think for the most part it's it's working effectively and students they get it why they can't be on their phones during class time so i think for us it's going to be a pretty smooth transition What I'm interested to see is, 
you know, is there any kind of teeth to this legislation? Is there any backup or is it solely just placed on schools? And once again, we're monitoring it. So, you know, in terms of compliance with students, I, I think at the school level, we do have a lot of a clout and power. But if we really want to dig into this, I'm, I'm interested to see at the legislative, legislative level, you know, kind of how much kind of bite, so to speak, that there will be with this. And, and, and that's more to do with, you know, how much do schools have power to control this and how much will students comply depending on kind of the rigors of the rules or policies that are that are put forward. So for us here at HSS, I, I don't think it will be a lengthy transition. I think we're almost there. But I think for this to be enacted long term, there needs to be policy backup, you know, at, the, at a higher level compared to the school level. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, that if this is going to create more work for school staff, administrators and educators, that takes them away from being able to follow through with a curriculum on the timeline that you have that without much provincial backup that this could just mean more work for you. Is that a concern that you have? Yeah, it definitely is. And when I when I say kind of provincial backup, you know, I I think it needs to just be said cell phones are not allowed, you know, bell to bell, right? And so every student coming into any school in BC knows what the rules are and kind of what the the terms of engagement, so to speak, are around cell phones. So it's not even a question. We don't even have to have that battle at the school level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this is all offloaded to the individual school, then, you know, we're once again getting in those one-on-one conflicts and and situations with kids. It just needs to be a standard thing, I, I think, across the board at the provincial level. So all kids, regardless of whatever school they're in, they know they can't be on their phone during class time. Yeah. I guess I had one kind of last question on that before I want to pivot to C63 more specifically, but just that with HSS already implementing not wanting students to use phones during class time, do you think that it has, was it for distraction or was it for kind of more of the potential harms of being online? Where What was kind of the decision internally in your school for making that decision? Well, I, I think that's two separate issues, essentially. You know, we can only control what's happening bell to bell in a classroom. And distraction would be the number one issue teachers face mm-hmm. because they're there in real time with the kid. And they know whether or not the student is paying attention or if they're staring at their phone. So that's a that's a pretty easy problem to deal with. The other issue, and this goes to the C63 legislation, is everything that's happening in the background that I would say parents, teachers, most adults, we have no idea what's happening in the teenage world. And that's going to be way more difficult to monitor. Now, my question that I had for you as an educator, someone who's in the environment of working with students and their not only education, but also their growth as young people, you know, as part of your job. What are the realities, especially in small northern communities, of online bullying or intimate images being shared among students, which is something that C63, at least three of the targeted concerns have to do with? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say this has changed drastically. I remember probably around 2009, 2010, when students started appearing at in schools with cell phones. Um, 
that was a much different animal and, and beast compared to what it is today. And, you know, when I think of a portion of my job as an administrator, we're dealing with kind of the nitty gritty disciplinary things, dysfunctional things that are happening in the world of teenagers. And, you know, just 10, 15 years ago, it was largely person-to-person conflicts. Now, I would say the majority of issues we deal with stem from conflict or misuse and or, you know, things that shouldn't be happening in the online world. And that can be everything from texting to social media to inappropriate content. I think our teenagers live in that online world so much that you know, it really dominates what they do and how they think in in a lot of ways. So I would say for us at the school level, and, and you know, I don't think it's any different between a small community and a, and a big center. I would say the majority of issues that come across our desks as school administrators, there's background that is stemming from something to do with a cell phone, something to do online, social media. That's where the action is. That's where the kids spend the vast majority of their time. Yeah. I saw a statistic from 2022 even that said half of Canadian kids between seven and 11 have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that yep. shocked me, but that probably doesn't surprise you at all. Mm-hmm. By the time that they're walking through your doors, they've lived with that cell phone and that online life and persona has probably mm-hmm. defined a lot of their personality, especially in these formative years. Exactly. And, you know, I, we're starting to see the first generations of, of kids coming through high school that they've grown up with phones. They've never actually lived in a world without a phone or instant access to technology. So, it, you know, in a way, there, there's also some research out there that brain wiring and brain development is impacted. You, you know, I, I people could argue that some of the lack of attention span we see is due to constant scrolling dopamine hits and all that stuff with come that comes along with constant usage. So yeah, I I would say definitely plays a role. It impacts kids. You know, I think a lot of this legislation that's tabled at least is trying to minimize a lot of the negative things that happen. And from, you know, my point of view, I, I, I've seen a lot of hurt over the years. A lot of students get into situations either consciously or unconsciously that have harmed them. And it's pretty sad to see whether or not this type of legislation will really change things. I don't know, because, you know, how do we get the word out to kids, how to use these platforms appropriately? And they're so pervasive and so, so enticing that it's pretty tough. And, you know, I don't know if their legislation is going to be just the one silver bullet to, to help all of this. I, I really think it's going to take a dramatic shift in terms of society from that's from parenting, from the way we raise our ch- children as to how do we interact with people? How do we use these tools appropriately? Well, absolutely. All of a sudden now your job has changed from being an educator to being almost someone working in addiction services, which is how the interaction mm-hmm. with these devices, it's what becomes of them. Like you said, it changed from person to person texting to living and needing to be online and social media. Yeah. And, and, and we see that. And I know parents struggle with this a lot. You know, often we'll get calls from parents that are, that are just besides themselves. They, they don't know how to deal with their teenager anymore because 
they're living in a reality that is so much different than what we grew up in. And, and they're dealing with problems and issues um, with themselves and, and with their friends that it's hard for us to comprehend when we haven't grown up in that world. Yeah. So it, it's pretty multifaceted and, and quite complex. And um, I think we're going to need a lot more education rather than straight policy and legislation to, to fix this because we're dealing with complex issues that there's no easy answer to. And, you know, I, I think of not only the, potential criminal element, which a lot of this legislation is trying to deal with, but also the, the social emotional element as well, where we're seeing a lot of kids who spend a lot of time in the online world are suffering greatly from mental health issues yeah. because their reality is, is based on something that may or may not be real and, and based on something and a reality that at times is very unhealthy. So I would like to see also things that address that as well. Mm -hmm. I've reached out to our member of parliament to discuss these issues as well. Any questions that you would want me to pass along from your point of view? I think just asking, you know, and looking for what is the layers of support for, for the adults in this to help our, our kids. Mm -hmm. And if the target is really to help our kids and help our students, we're also going to need levels of support to enact this and to help educate and, and that even goes for, you know, the educators in the system, but I also think help for parents as well and, and raising their kids in this new reality that, you know, for a lot of, a lot of us, we're going into this blind. There, there is no answers to how you raise a child in a digital world. And so where's the education piece? How do we help people raising children in this new reality? And I think that's really key. Absolutely. Was there anything I didn't ask about that you want to include in this conversation? I, I, I just think just to wrap up, lastly, I think this is going to be something we're, we're going to be dealing with for, with for a long time and it's not going away. Yeah. So I think it's it's for us as a society to really dig down and figure out, you know, what do we want and, and where do we want to go from this point in time? And essentially, how do we want to get better? And, and that's going to be the really challenging part here. I, I don't think the solution is just to say we're going to ban all of this stuff because it's part of our society and, and part of our economy actually going forward. So how do we teach the skills needed to use these devices as tools, um, but also be very wary and aware of the pitfalls and the traps too? Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Okay. Thank you so much. been listening to CICK News. If you have any hot tips or news stories you think we should cover, contact us at CICKNews at smithersradio.com or follow us on Facebook at CICK News. CICK News is made possible by the Government of Canada and the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the only organization mandated to financially supporting campus and community radio stations across Canada. You can also catch our fresh shows each week at theskina.com or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks to our producer, Pam Hassan, and all of our roving reporters, I'm Dan Messick. Thanks for listening.